thank you, Father, is something that we should all repeat over and over, multiple times, every single day. Peace in the Storm, Part 4, Attitude. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And right now I am still in the middle of a series, and the series is simply called Peace in the Storm, and we're using the acronym of each letter of the words of Peace in the Storm And the letter P simply stood for person because oftentimes there is one singular person that we have the most challenge with, the most battle with, the most conflict with. And if we can get peace with that one person, all of the rest of our lives, we're able to get peace with everybody else. When we can conquer the one most difficult, we can usually have peace with everyone else. And the second one, E, was everywhere, that we need to learn how to have peace just everywhere. And today I'm dealing with the letter A in peace in the storm. And that simply stands for attitude, attitude. And yesterday I was talking with my mother. And my mother, she's as happy as she can be. She's 88 years old. And she said, boy, there's some storms going on in the earth. And I don't think she's even been watching or tuning in to the Peace in the Storm series. He said, I'm watching CNN and tornadoes have just tore up this country because, you know, they've got six different states that the tornadoes have gone through. And in Kentucky in particular, the governor was on and and he kept saying, you know, it's 100 people so far dead. and It's probably going to even be a whole lot more. And my mama said, boy, this country is being hit by storms left and right. I hope you're not going anywhere. Don't go anywhere with all these storms coming. Because it's just storms and these tornadoes and you got hurricanes and you got earthquakes. You got pandemic. You got all of this stuff just hitting the earth. So don't go anywhere because there's storms everywhere. And I said, Mama, I do understand that, yes, you do have tornadoes here and there. Yes, you do have the occasional hurricane. You have the occasional flood. You've got the occasional earthquake. I understand all of that, Mama. I said, but let me ask you this, Mama. If you don't want me to travel now because all of the storms and all of the tornadoes are hitting the earth, I understand all that. But let me ask you a question. I said, when would you suggest I travel? And mama just went to laugh because she understood what that meant. There's always storms somewhere. There's always something going on. And that's why you have to learn how to be at peace in the storm because it's like Rosanna, Rosanna Dan on Saturday Night Live used to say, it's always something. It's always a storm of one form or another in the world or in our worlds. So we have to learn how to be at peace No matter what is happening in the world, an attitude is one of the biggest things that can help us be at peace. Because I was telling him, I said, Mother, do you realize a few years ago I had a literal tornado that came through my backyard? This is at the house where I used to live. But I heard it in the middle of the night and my good baby was there sleeping and it woke both of us up and it felt like somebody running on the roof and we didn't understand. It was a tornado that came and it came through our backyard at the time. At that house, I had a tennis court in my backyard. It tore down the fence and there was a tree 
in my backyard. And when the tornado came through and I went out and looked at the tree was at a 45 degree angle, just like this. But it was like a hand had reached up and held the tree. And if the tree had fallen, it was a big, big tree. If the tree had fallen, it would have smashed right across my bed. I said, Mama, I done had a storm come to my house. And the hand of God stopped the tree. So I ain't worried about a tornado anywhere. As long as I am within God's will, just as his hand held that tree up, so shall he hold up anything against me. No matter where I am, I could have been sleep in my bed and a tree could have crushed me to death. I didn't have to be traveling anywhere. God protects you no matter where you are. And if you lose that protection, no matter where you are, you become vulnerable. As a matter of fact, your bed can be one of the most dangerous places on earth because a lot of stuff happened in that bed that men spoke up for the rest of their days. You don't have to travel to get in danger. You don't have to travel to get in trouble. In your very bed, all kind of hell can break loose. So I said, Mama, God is with me. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to knowingly go into an area of a storm, but sometimes God will send me smack into the area of a storm. But I got an attitude about this thing that no matter what happens, this is God. God has got me and I am going to see the goodness that can even come out of a storm. So even with that, now I want to read just the verse today. It's a different kind of verse. It's Romans 121. And it simply says this, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. They knew God, but yet they failed to become thankful for all of the stuff that God had given them. In other words, they began to have the wrong attitude. And I understand with attitude, and I call this almost the triple A. You've got to have attitude, you have to have appreciation, and you have to have acknowledgement. That's why I began today with just thanking the congregation for what they had done in raising funds to help another ministry. You've got to have the attitude, first of all, because some people say, we could have put that money in our own ministry. You could have done something and spruced up a church, added something to our own. Why are you giving up money and wasting somebody else to another man? Not even in our own city. And then they already got a big old church. Why are you giving money to a church that's even bigger than ours? Look like you could have sent that money to a mission. You can have an attitude about anything. And if you don't have the right attitude, you have to have attitude, you have to have appreciation, and you have to have acknowledgement. I remember I was out somewhere and I was feeling so phenomenal. And it, there was nothing different. I just felt so Good. Y'all ever had that kind of, it just felt like everything in the world was just right. Even though I knew everything wasn't right, it felt that way because it was right inside. I remember when the prophet came here and he put his hand on my stomach and he popped. He said, man, you got more happiness than anybody I've ever touched. And it's growing. It's just growing. Sometimes I just feel so happy about stuff. And it's because I just appreciate it. I acknowledge it. And I, I said, as I was walking, I said, thank you, Father. And he says, that's one of the most powerful statements you'll ever make. It acknowledges, number one, anytime you say thank you, you cannot have appreciation. You cannot have gratitude. You cannot have thankfulness and depression and misery and condemnation at the same time. They don't exist in the same spot. 
So when you are thankful, you automatically push out all this negative stuff. And then thank you, Father, acknowledges it's beyond me. That's the other thing. You have to be thankful and then you have to realize it's not all you. Because a lot of this stuff you can't even explain. I'm just walking and I'm feeling real good and yet ain't nothing hurting. And yet folk my age, they got hip problem, knee problem, back problem, all kind of problems. Why are you walking and ain't nothing hurting? So it's a blessing and you have to understand. And some of this stuff folk just be born with. It's not necessarily anything particular that they've done. You're just born with it. Why were you born in such a blessed and a graced position? So I said, thank you, Father, because I realized I remember we had a personal trainer and he was driving on the expressway. Somebody ran into the back of his pickup truck, paralyzed him from the neck down, still cannot walk to this day. And that's probably been 15 years ago. He was in excellent physical condition. He was a personal trainer. He worked out every single day. He was in awesome physical condition. But after the wreck, he couldn't move a thing below his neck. Why? What has protected you from somebody running into the back of your vehicle while you on the expressway? What has stood around you like that hand that stopped that tree? What has protected you? So when I said, thank you, Father, I meant it because he... It's not the personal trainer. It wasn't even his fault. They ran into him from the back. It wasn't even his fault. Do you know how much stuff I've done has been my fault? My crazy days of youth, I'm barreling down, racing on a motorcycle at almost 100 miles an hour. Hit a curb, didn't make the curb. I just come out with scratches. I should have had a neck broken. I should have been paralyzed. I should have been in the hospital for weeks. Why me? And y'all done done some crazy stuff yourselves. So why is it? You've done just crazy stuff. And sometimes not even crazy because it don't have to be crazy for you to fall asleep at the wheel. You just fool and sleepy. And all of a sudden you fall asleep at the wheel and there's a tree right in front of you at 70 miles an hour. Why has God protected you? So when I said, thank you, Father, I looked at all of the stuff in life. That could have been. See, there may be some things I want that I don't have, but there's a whole lot of things I don't want that I don't have. So I am so thankful for all the stuff I don't want that I don't have. And I am so appreciative. I am thankful and I acknowledge God. Thank you. And when you acknowledge thank you, you find that the storms of life, they start to diminish in their intensity. Because you can see a storm in an entirely different. Have y'all ever gone walking in the rain? There's a song that was real popular back when I was young called Walking in the Rain with the One I Love. Have you ever just gone walking in the rain? Sometimes people look out. We were working out yesterday and looked out. There's a storm coming. And sure enough, about 10 minutes later, just pouring down rain. Have you ever gone just walking in the rain? It's a matter of attitude. If you've ever gone walking in the rain, it's actually rather pleasant as long as it's not cold. It's pleasant to just walk in the rain. The rain just hits you in the face. Once your clothes get soaked, you can't get any wetter. <laughs> and you just walk in the rain. And it's actually a pleasant experience. But our mindset will often say, mm-mm, we're going to get in the rain. The rain is bad. And if you didn't have rain, you'd have drought. And if you had drought, you'd eventually starve. So, The rain is a blessing, but you've got to have the right attitude about what God has given you and how to look at it. I remember back in the television series called Dallas, unless you're at least 40 years old, you won't remember Dallas. But Dallas was perhaps one of the longest running and most popular television series there was. And I remember Miss Ellie 
And somebody in Dallas, this was this oil family, and they were just super wealthy. And somebody walked in and told Miss Ellie, she was the mother of all of the boys and Jr. and Bobby and all of them. She said, Miss Ellie, you looking like a million dollars. And Miss Ellie said, do I look that bad? <laughs> See, it's all attitude. is all relative. They had all this money, a million dollars, and Miss Ellie wasn't worth anything. So as I think about it, I'm worth trillions. How much are your eyes worth? How much would you give if you couldn't see just to have two good eyes or to be able to hear or to be able to walk or to be able to feel or to be able to just eat a good piece of fried chicken? Suppose you couldn't taste. And some of you have gone through that experience with COVID. What happens when you can't taste? And see, we take it for granted. We take it for granted. But what happens when you can't taste? When you can't taste, all of your food is just bland. Do you know what a joy it is just to have a good meal? And it tastes good. You just enjoying it. Do you know? But COVID took away so many people's sense of taste and smell. You don't even think about that until you lose it. And then you lose it. So when you sit down to eat on your next meal, do you know how much you got to be thankful for? What do you got? Teeth. Teeth are a big deal. Oh, you can smell because if you can't smell when you have a bad cold, your nose is stopped up, your food loses its flavor. So if you can't smell, you can't taste, your teeth messed up, then you got your throat. Then, Lord have mercy, so many folk got so much severe constipation, they get the food in, they can't get it out. Then that's a problem. So you got all of these blessings just to be able to sit down and enjoy a good meal. Even if the meal is not wholesome, you can still enjoy the meal. You may pay the consequences down the road, but you enjoy it while it's going down. So it's a blessing. And when I now even say my grace and say thank you, it's not just for the food. I can enjoy the food. My teeth not hurt. Do you know what a toothache feels like? I mean, it's so much stuff to be thankful for. The list gets longer and longer and longer and longer. Attitude, even in the midst of a storm. We've got disease, you've got war, you've got rumors of economic stuff. coming. You've got all this stuff coming. That's going to always be. Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be earthquakes in diverse places. All this kind of, that must come. That will be here. That's always going to be. Those storms will always be here. Your attitude needs to be, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And you'll find that when you start saying, thank you, Father, you start seeing so much stuff that God has granted you with. Now, I want you to watch a video clip. First of all, I want you to put the picture of the castle there on the screen. This is a castle. I was traveling in Europe about 10 years ago with my oldest son, Nate. I was with his school, actually. We spent about two weeks in Europe. This is a castle in Luxembourg. This thing is huge. It's huge. I was on a bridge. I had walked away from the castle. I was on a bridge standing over actually a big old gorge, and I took this picture of the castle. It's huge. But this castle, at the time the king lived in it, they had a phone. And it was the only phone in the whole country. They had one additional phone that went to the mayor's office. So he had a phone, the only one in the country, but the only person he could call was the mayor. You all have a phone right now, and you can call anywhere on the planet. Some of you got so many contacts in your phone right now, you can't even scroll through them. It's just so many. All the folk you can call on your phone, all the folk you can text on your phone. He had one phone in that big old castle, and the only person he could call was the mayor. Then you looked at 
they had running water. He was the only building in the whole country that had running water because the water came from a stream above the castle and it flowed in, but the water was cold. So he had only cold running water. Then his bathroom, he had a king's throne in the bathroom, but it was really just like an outhouse. No running water, no nothing. It just went to a pit. So it stunk like high heaven, but it was the king's throne. My point is this. Every one of you right now has more than that king did then in that big old castle. And what the king ended up doing, he ended up committing suicide. And it was all because he couldn't say those three words. Thank you, Father. If he'd have looked around him and seen all this stuff he had, he'd have been able to say, I got a telephone and I got the only telephone in the whole country. I got a bathroom. It's the only one like missing. Now, it's the, that's where the sitting on the throne came from. When you know the story behind it. I got the only one like this in the whole. I got running water. Everybody else got to go out and pull their water out the well. I can open a faucet and my water runs. He had all this stuff. But there were some storms in his life. And the storms overtook all of this stuff that he had. And he ended up killing himself. Now, I want you to watch this video clip. This video clip is by Warren Buffett. It's 20 years ago, back even before 2000 came into being. So it's over 20 years old. Warren Buffett at the time was the second wealthiest man on the planet. Right now, he's still in the top five. But at the time, he was the second wealthiest man on earth. I think Warren Buffett is about 90 now. So back then, he was right at 70. But I want you to listen to what Warren Buffett says and understand this. He's the second richest man in the world right behind Bill Gates right then. He's talking to a group of students. I asked my sons to listen to his whole talk. This is only about a five minute segment. But if you want to hear the whole talk, just go to coachb.me forward slash WB for Warren Buffett. And you'll be able to listen to the whole thing. It's really a lot of wisdom in this. A.B. Department, if you would go ahead and just play this segment by the second richest man in the world. It's way better, it's way easier to stay out of trouble than to get out of trouble financially. Amen. And, uh, I will guarantee you, if you run up in credit card debt, you will be in trouble uh, probably the rest of your life in terms of uh, your financial situation. On the other hand, to get ahead of the game, uh, even on a very modest scale, so that money is coming in from investing, and you're, 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 people owe you money or equities owe you ownership, uh, you'll be way out of the game compared to paying, uh, being, always be paying uh, your creditors every month. So my advice to you is uh, if you can't pay for it, come buy it and uh, get yourself in a position where you can pay for anything. And, uh, and we'll be glad to see a four shine to the rest of the furniture market. <laughs> now let's, uh, let's ask some questions. Do we have a mic out there that People can either go to or the travels around or anything that's on your mind, ask about them. Don't, don't be bashful. Um, yeah, how would you advise people who aren't necessarily going to a, a career field in which you would make a large base salary, such as like medicine or something like that, maybe um, performing arts or music? How would you advise us to keep up financially with the rest of the world? Well, there, it is true that a market system does not pay as well in some in, in some activities as as might seem appropriate for the importance of those activities to society. Just take teaching, for example. I mean, teaching does not pay well. And what could be more important? I mean, I, you know, you've got to be as as interested in who you're 
the teachers of your children are as, as who your account is or you know uh, whatever or who's winning the heavyweight title of the world or that sort of thing but it doesn't pay well and, and it's a fundamental choice uh, whether you're going to go into something it, for many people it'd be, a, it'd be a fundamental choice whether you're going to go into something you love or something to, to try and make a lot of money I think that generally it pays to go with what you love and, uh, uh, I think that it's very hard to find people when they get to be my age who say not, that they love what they've done with their life and feel it was very worthwhile, uh, but they're terribly sad they made that choice because they didn't make a lot of money. I, I don't think anybody ever ever said that to me, that they wish they'd gone into something else where they were uncomfortable doing it or didn't enjoy it, didn't feel very productive, but made a lot of money. So I don't, I don't think you'll find that. So I would, I would, I would go to work in whatever terms you're on. It may turn out that it will be more profitable than, than you can think, but almost everybody here will make enough money, unless they get some terrible habits along the way, to do reasonably well. And, and doing reasonably well in this country really is is uh, is pretty darn good. I mean, it is, it's not necessary to have uh, huge amounts of money in order to enjoy yourself. I enjoyed myself when I was at my $10,000 and I live in the same house that I lived in when I was making, when I had about that. I bought it 41 years ago. I like the house then, I like the house now. I mean, if you think about it, if you have a reasonable job, you'll be eating McDonald's and I'll be eating McDonald's. So we're, we're pushed on, on, on food. I mean, you know, in fact, almost Dairy Queen, actually. And if you come to Dairy Queen, you'll see me. And you can order anything on the menu I can order, we both can afford it. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll wear the same clothes I wear. I, I'll pay more for my suits, but as soon as I put them on, they look cheap on me. So we'll, we'll look about the same. And, uh, we'll both live in the same kind of house. I lived in that house from 41 years ago, and it's, it's, it's warm in winter, and it's cool in summer, and it's comfortable. And you'll live in a house that's, that's similar. Right? And what difference does it make if you have 50 more rooms or, you know, guest houses or all that? It, you know, it'll probably just bring you problems. I mean, you have to worry about the, about the, the greenskeeper or something when you get through. So I, 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 I have been in the houses of people uh, where the houses are worth uh, oh, probably 200 times uh, what my house is worth and I would not be any happier in those houses at all. In fact, I'd be less happy. I just have one more thing to, to worry about. And, you know, the dozens of people around the place and people quitting and people stealing from you. <laughs> the hell with you know. uh, we ride, we'll ride the same kind of car. In fact, you probably drive a better car. I drive a car that's about eight years old. I don't know what it's worth now, but it gets me around fine. I mean, I, I'm perfectly happy. We'll, we'll watch, we'll watch the same television, you know. We'll, we'll work on the same computer pretty much. The only difference will be how we travel long distances, you know. I will fly in a plane that's more comfortable than, than flying Southwest Airlines or something, which uh, I've got nothing against. But that, that's the one real big difference. And, other than that, I do what I like every day. I hope you, you'll do what you like every day to do. And uh, I work with nice people. I hope you work with nice people. Uh, and then there's 24 hours in the day, and those are where the hours go. So great wealth is the tiniest bit different uh, in a real sense than having just a decent, a decent income. And uh, and to trade a decent income and something you love doing and something where you feel worthwhile doing it for huge wealth where you trade off a lot of your principles uh, would be a terrible mistake. Now that's Warren Buffett, at the time the second richest man in the world, still in the top five. 
And I wanted you to hear that because this is a man who's talking from experience. He says he's been in the houses of, and understand, he's got enough money to buy any house on the planet, cash, a hundred times over. He's got enough money to buy any material possession in the world that he wants. He lives in the same house that he lived in. He's still living in that same house now. This was 20 years ago, so it's been 61 years now. More than likely, half of the people in this room live in a better house than Warren Buffett. But he says, as long as it's comfortable, it's not the house. And I've been in all these houses, got all these rooms worth all these hundreds of millions of dollars. And he has seen it himself. The house does not make the home and it doesn't make you happy. So that's why I wanted you to see that and to understand one thing Warren Buffett can say is thank your father. He's happy with what he's got. He's driving an eight-year-old car. And that was back then. And maybe he's got a new car. He said the one difference is the way we travel long distances. And he flies on a private jet. That's why he said that. But the reason he flies on a private jet, because he owns ExecuJet, the private jet company. So he owns a jet company. So we don't need him hopping on Southwest or Delta. And he owns a jet company. Plus, his face is so recognizable. If he did go commercial, he'd be bombarded by too many people trying to get to him and wanting something from him. So that's why he flies on the private jet. He said that's the only real difference between him and the average person and how he lives is basically he flies on a private jet. Everything else, he mentioned he, he hoped you go to Dairy Queen because he owns Dairy Queen. That's why. But other than that, he lives a simple life and he's happy. Now, he's with his second wife. He's been with her for I don't know how many years. But that's even a whole interesting story all on itself. So he's got a good wife. He's got a good baby. He's got a sufficient house. You know, he may pay more for his clothes, but they look cheap on him because he's not just an Adonis in terms of physical body. But I wanted you to hear what a man at that level has come to realize and to recognize. And it's what God spoke to me years ago. He simply says this. He says, anything beyond sufficiency is insignificant. And I understand that more and more every day. Anything beyond sufficiency is insignificant. Thank you, Father. You've got so much. So no matter what comes in the earth, and it's coming, stuff we haven't seen. We haven't seen anything like the current situation in the country. And there's going to be some stuff coming that we haven't seen ever. It's not that it hadn't been here. It just hadn't been here in our lifetime. So there'll be some stuff we haven't seen. But regardless of that, as long as you can say, thank you, Father, and no matter what, there will be something, not just something, there are going to be multiple things, a long list of things where you can say, thank you, Father. As long as you say those three words, you'll find your peace, your joy, your appreciation, your acknowledgement. And don't just thank God. There's some folk in the world you need to acknowledge who are providing and who will make a great difference in your life. Sometimes we just never tell folk how much we appreciate them. Thank you, Father. I think my earthly father, every time I talk to my mother, she talks about my earthly father and how great he was and what a fantastic man he was. Thank you, father. So even my earthly father, I have to be extremely thankful for. And know that was a grace of God that I was granted to have such a daddy. So thank you, father, is something that we should all repeat over and over multiple times every single day. And you'll find when you have an attitude of thank you, Father, and you're not like those people in Romans 121 who knew God but were no longer thankful. Thank you, Father. 
I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com. You can listen to the entire series of Peace in the Storm that will help you to maintain your peace no matter what is happening in your external world. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor James if he close us out for today. And we thank Pastor for that awesome message. I think that was something for all of us that we need to be reminded of on a regular basis. Just having that right attitude and showing appreciation and giving acknowledgement. And he started off talking about how my mother was telling them not to go anywhere all that was going on and after he told her he trusts God what he doesn't know is the next day when I called her the first question she asked me is where is pastor is he at home <laughs> so I had to just keep confirming God got him mama God got him <laughs> so I need to get this clip out of this message to replay to her when he goes out of town to just reaffirm that God's got it. Amen. And I was just reading a book that Pastor had recommended, and it was talking about some of these very things that Warren Buffett and that Pastor talked about today. And Warren Buffett, he was able to maintain his contentment because he didn't have all of these material things. He stayed in that same house and drove a very reasonable car, and it reminded me of a quote from the book, and this was said by a guy who was managing all of these wealthy people's assets and portfolios. And he said, to be content with little is difficult. But he said, to be content with much is near impossible. And he saw all of these billionaires that they got one jet and then they wanted two. And they got three cars and wanted four. And it was the more they got, the pickier they got. They would go to a five-star hotel and say, you know, the sheet had a little wrinkle in it or they wiped their finger across. They got very peculiar and very picky the more things that they got. So he said that to be content with little is difficult, but to be content with a whole lot is near impossible. And he had a, another quote in the book that helps shows the negative power of comparison. He said that we tend to compare ourselves to others around us. He said beggars don't envy billionaires, just other beggars who are more successful. So we have to be careful even on looking at those who are around us, whether they're neighbors or co-workers or family members. It can cause us to lose our contentment just by looking at what somebody else has. Sometimes you'll get a car and then your neighbor get a car that's a model above and it'll drain all of your enjoyment of your car out. They had a study in the book that showed that when a neighbor start making $5,000 more than you, they said it had the same psychological effect as you being reduced $5,000 in your income. So comparison can have a very negative mental effect. So don't compare. Just have the attitude of gratitude and thanking God for what he's given you and appreciating 
that and acknowledging others. And it will increase your contentment and increase your happiness, your joy, your peace in life. So we thank Pastor for giving us this rich, full message because he has a great attitude wherever we go and he demonstrates this message. Wherever we travel, there will always be problems no matter where you go, no matter where you're staying, how you're traveling. And when problems arise, he always looks at it in a positive light. So he doesn't just talk about it here, but he demonstrates it in his attitude wherever he goes. It's really hard not to see a smile on his face and for him to have a bad day. No matter what happens, he makes the choice to be happy in that day and to call it a good day. And so, and even as he was talking about uh, acknowledging others and showing an attitude of gratitude of there's somebody here that I just want to just practice that I know you all need to do that today you hear messages and sometimes we don't go out and put it into practice so when you leave here just think about somebody you need to acknowledge somebody you need to thank in your life and we have a visitor Minister Tao Reed she is here raise your hand and she is a friend of my wife Stephanie and she teaches dance and is a minister and, and my wife's father he's 91 years old and he goes through a lot of health issues and she volunteered to her to help her with him and so she helps my wife out and, and I just want to acknowledge you and say thank you for that today and we're grateful for you and And I wanted to do that because I think she really models what the pastor has just taught him. He's almost 92, and I don't know if you all have ever dealt with some elderly, but sometimes they can get a little ornery when they get up in age some. and They get a little set in their ways, and they can be a little difficult to deal with. So, But she always has an attitude that is positive, so... I thank her for just demonstrating this message that no matter how difficult it gets, she keeps a positive attitude. So just want to acknowledge her. Just say we appreciate you so much for all that you do and helping our households. And if you don't mind, I would like to get you to say our closing prayer today. But before we go, if there's just heads bowed, if there's anybody in this place and you've heard the word of the Lord today and God is leading you to renew your relationship with him. For he is the one that has given us all that we have, that has told us all that we know. And if you've gone forth through life and haven't given him the acknowledgement that you should have, and you just want to repent for it today, just going to open the altar right now. Amen. You can come on in, minister. You all can stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we just bow our heads at this time. Father God, we just thank you. We humble ourselves before you, God, because you're so worthy. You are so worthy, Father. 
You see us, Father. And you love us unconditionally, Father. You give us the hope that we need to hold on each and every day. Father, we thank you. We are so honored, Father. Every time we're in your presence, God, we thank you for humbling us, Father, in all that you do for us. And I pray that you will bless every soul in this house on today, Father. I declare and decree that you walk in strength. You walk in health, Father. I thank you, Father, that we have all we need in you, Father. And as we leave this place on today, Father, we will not forget to be grateful and to be thankful. In Yeshua, Jesus' name, amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part four of the series titled Peace in the Storm, subtitled Attitude by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5939. That's 5939. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5939 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Well, brother, you need the word.